Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. It's me, Marie, again with another solo episode for you. I know last week when I was talking about how I broke my sweet, darling cherub students' brains, I told you that Amanda and I would be back together But, you know, we are both working moms in the uh, 21st century, and sometimes things don't quite work out the way that we planned. So, friends, you get to be with just me today. And I actually, in an effort to just see, like, what you wanted to hear about, right? Amanda and I talked about with our last pair episode, we talked about how we wanted to hear more from you, our Brave New Teaching community, about, like, what you want to hear from us. So I put out yesterday a poll on Instagram, or I put out a question box. And I just asked, what do you want to hear about? Like, what what do you want to hear from me anyways? And I got a bunch of responses. So they'll be coming your way, either through this podcast, through our Brave New Teaching Instagram, or even maybe through my YouTube channel, The Caffeinated Classroom. Because, you know, <laughs> it's I'm, I'm only one person in my little corner of the world. And Amanda is one person in her corner of the world. And And together, we can anticipate a lot of things that educators and specifically classroom teachers, right, because that's our perspective, want to hear about and want to talk about, but we don't know everything. So when you ask us questions, it helps us figure it all out. And yesterday with the question that I put on Instagram, I got like 20% of the uh, responses I got were about classroom management and behavior management. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Do I have all of the tried and true, every single trick in the book down? No, absolutely not. Do I have days that are 
harder than others? Uh, yeah, because it's like real life. But I do have some strategies that keep classroom management um, manageable, at least some strategies that I like really have baked into my uh, instructional practice and my interactions with students. And I'm going to talk to you about that today. It's the three C's of student behavior. I'm coining that right here, right now. <laughs> there you go. It's, I bet you somebody else has it. So if they do, I'm not stealing, I promise. It's just all three things have C's. Okay, whatever. Cue the music. You're listening to Brave New Teaching, and we are so much more than a podcast. We give teachers the inspiration, support, and tools to challenge the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a former English teacher from Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm a teacher from Southern California. Join us at bravenewteaching.com to find out more about our courses, festivals, and get every episode's show notes. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. All right. So like I said in the intro, this is just me, Marie, solo episode today. And for those of you who are either new around here or maybe you just haven't been around Brave New Teaching or even my little corner of the internet, the caffeinated classroom for very long, I'm going to give you a very quick like who I am, where I come from, what I'm doing, why you should listen to me, (laughs) like how I even know what I'm talking about. So I uh, live and teach in the area where I grew up. So I teach in the district where I grew up in San Diego, California, and I have been teaching at my school since 2007 when I got my first big girl job as a teacher, fresh out of the teaching credential program. Uh, Most of my career has been in high school with a couple of years where I was a roving teacher traveling around elementary schools in my district and doing like enrichment and uh, performing arts. That was short-lived because I am a high school teacher at heart. That is who I am. That is what I am. Whenever people ask me questions like, so you're going to become an administrator? I go, no. I, if they ask me questions like, so are you going to be like an instructional coach and like leave the classroom? And I go, ha no, I want to be in the classroom for my career. And this is something that I have discovered. And this is might be a podcast for another day, but like I have discovered by leaving the classroom multiple times that the classroom is where I am the happiest. Obviously, it's not every day's happy. <laughs> like we take all of this within a dose of reality. Not every day is happy. Not every day is sunshine and puppies, but like even the ones that aren't, because most aren't sunshine and puppies, especially if you're working with like actual children, it, it's still my happy place and it's my calling and it's where I'm supposed to be. And I know that not everybody has that feeling and I don't begrudge anybody for any other feelings. It is what I've discovered about myself over 15 years of classroom teaching. Like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And even within that, so this year I have taught only 11th grade and 12th grade throughout my career. I've taught nine through 12 college prep level classes. I've not taught honors. I've not taught AP. I have taught collaborative classes with special ed colleagues. So we'll have layered in a high percentage of students with IEPs and 504s with like higher levels of need so that there are two instructors in the classroom. I mean, I'm guessing you know what a co-teaching model looks like. If you don't, actually, that's something Amanda and I could talk about too. I'm just going to write that down. Talk about a co-teaching model. That'll be a podcast episode coming out because she and I have both taught that way. She's taught collaboratively with like English language learner colleagues. What am I trying to say? Colleagues that specialized in EL. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Apparently I'm having a little bit of issue with language myself this morning. Uh, And then also with uh, colleagues who are SPED credentialed. So that's a whole nother thing that we can come back at you with. 
But today, let's talk about students. Let's talk about behavior. And so I just wanted to kind of give you my ethos of where I am coming from. My own children who are in elementary school will come to the high school where I teach. And so, like I said, I've I've left the classroom a couple of times and it was short-lived both times because I love it. And it's my community. It is my home away from home. And so that's where I am. And my philosophies on student behavior, um, this is not going to come as a surprise. They absolutely do start with relationships. But I'm going to say that building relationships with your students is not, that's not it. Can't stop there. And it also won't keep behavior issues from coming, right? Like just because a person has good relationships with a student doesn't mean that that student isn't going to act up. Why? Because they're a child and they're a human child at that. And that's just how it is. So a bunch of the questions that I got on Instagram having to do with behavior, classroom management, et cetera, I got a few, a good handful that were asking, how do you not take it personally? Listeners were saying that when students act up, it feels so personal. Like it feels like such a personal affront because they're acting up in your classroom, to you, at you, and sometimes like being really mean to you, right? Like we've, I'm guessing you've all seen a wide range of student behavior if you're listening to this podcast, Uh, because I have, because I've been around kids and that's how they are. So relationships, they are so important. They are the thing to pay attention to from the first day forward, every single day in your classroom, building relationships, strengthening the relationships and maintaining relationships to varying degrees and varying levels, depending on your class and the comfort level of your students, right? Absolutely. But like, that's not the cure-all to behavior. Just because like, let's put it this way. I'm a parent, right? I have amazing relationships with my children, I birthed them into the world. They are, they owe me for their life. You know, like that's a pretty strong bond. Does that, does that mean that my kids don't act up? No, no, it doesn't. So when we see on like Twitter and Instagram and in other, especially teacher social media, that's like really where you've seen relationships kind of boom as a buzzword. I, I like to make sure that we take everything that we see on social media with a grain of salt, but especially something that says, The key to behavior problems is as simple as building relationships. No, it's not. Like it's definitely build relationships, but your students need to know that you have their best interest at heart. They need to, and to like feel that they need to know that they can trust you. They need to know that there is a relationship there that when they do act up because they will, because they're kids, that it can still be repaired, right? Like that's the strength in relationships. That's teaching students how to grow and learn and mess up and recover kind of a lot of the stuff I was talking about last week when I broke their brains. So relationships only take you so far, right? And they are the thing that make our jobs fulfilling, I think, and worthwhile because this is a very draining career path to become a teacher, classroom teacher or an educator in general. And so relationships are what like then, you know, refill your bucket, but they can't be the only thing. This episode is brought to you by Curriculum Rehab by us, the team here at Brave New Teaching. It is the first and only teacher PD of its kind, a course to help teachers like you by guiding you through creating your own personal framework for curriculum. You make it work for you, your students, and your unique situation because nobody else knows what the kiddos in your classroom need the way that you do. Curriculum Rehab takes all of the resources available to you, all of the lessons, the assessments, the activities, all of the texts, everything that could possibly be there for you, and it helps you organize what you actually need 
in order to attain your teaching objectives. These are the strategies that Amanda and myself have used in our own classrooms, have developed over very long years of teaching and figuring things out, combined together to create this framework and these strategies that we can guide you through. This course will give you the tools you need for a complete curriculum overhaul or to start from scratch. Wherever you are on that continuum, it does it all for you and with you on your timeline. So start today, do a little bit more in a couple of months, and then pick it up next summer. It's Teacher PD the way it should be on your own time. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash course for more information, or just head to the show notes for this episode. We cannot wait to see you there. It's finally time to take control of what goes on in your own classroom and create the curriculum of your dreams. All right, let's get back into the show. Let's jump into the, as I coined it earlier, the three C's of behavior management. That's that's what we'll call it. If you find that that is somewhere else written, will you please just let me know? I am, I am not, this is not inspired or based on true events. Well, no, it is of my classroom. Uh, but the three C's that I have come up with of student behavior that I really have woven into my instructional practice and my interactions with students are first, clear expectations second, constant reminders, and third, consistency. So let's talk about the first C, clear expectations. So clear expectations are just that. What exactly are we expecting of our students at all times? When you're teaching the old kids, right? Like when you're teaching 17 and 18-year-olds, it feels like we shouldn't have to tell them over and over again what the expectations are. And the way that I think about it is this, we're humans, we have to, we are all faulted, we all push the envelope by our nature. If we didn't need to have constant reminders, even in our adulthood of what our expectations are, then we wouldn't have unspoken rules and spoken rules, we wouldn't have stop signs, we would right? like these rules that are around and that are like visually given to us and spoken to us all the time, just think about all the rules that we have in daily life. It's the same thing for our students within the setting of a classroom, whatever that classroom, quote unquote, classroom looks like, right? You might be like a PE teacher and then your classroom is different. Therefore, your expectations are different. I'm speaking from like the ELA classroom. The clear communication of expectations needs to be ever present for students. It needs to be up on the board. It needs to be on the walls. It needs to be on their assignment, right? Whatever the expectations are for behavior, whatever the expectations are for what we're asking them to do. So like clearly communicating expectations are also directions for a task. So I would have for students this past week, we looked at an article where I wanted them to annotate for very specific things. So I put the instructions up on the screen. I read them aloud, I explained them, I modeled, I put them down on paper as well. And so like, very, very clear. And it wasn't in a paragraph. Like it all, think of all of the things that you know to do to break down instructions for a task. So if I'm giving students like directions for doing these annotations, I'm not gonna give them a paragraph of instructions. I'm gonna give them bullet points with things bolded so that they know exactly what they're looking for. I give them opportunity to ask me clarifying questions so that everything is clear of exactly what's expected of them. And the same thing goes for behavior right? If you've got routines in your classroom, this is where Amanda would chime in and say, clear expectations are first communicated through routines. And that's exactly where you start. She starts building relationships day one with her students in her classroom through classroom routines, 
through, and you've heard her talk about on the podcast before, through beginning of class routines, transition routines, end of class routines. I'm a little more loosey-goosey. I found this year, I was actually just talking to a couple of my uh, friends at work the other day. I normally do bell ringers, like warm-ups, every single day, beginning of class. I did them the first the first day of school. Like, okay, most of my career, listen, when I was teaching drama, I was doing bell ringers every single day to start class because that was our routine. That was how we knew what to expect. That was like, that was it. That's what you do. I did them on the first day of school this year, and then I forgot every day since. And I, I just realized that March 29th. Like, I all of a sudden was like, oh, I have not done another bell ringer all year long. Oops. We have kind of developed our own like intrinsic routines that have, that have begun with my classes. It's just a funny thing. Anyways, that that's neither here nor there. I just thought I'd share that with you. I realized I haven't done any all year. Oops. But also whatever, obviously it wasn't serving what I needed or like I didn't need it to serve that purpose because I haven't brought them back. So those clear expectations brings us to the second C, which is constant reminders. And this, I think, is actually more of where we as teachers go. Are you kidding? How do I have to tell you this again? We've been doing this every single day. Da, 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 da. Our kids, our students come in and out of our classrooms. And it's like 51st States, you know, the Adam Sandler and Drew Bar- Barrymore movie. Like it. <laughs> sometimes they come into that room and who knows what has happened earlier in their day? Who's no, Who knows what has happened yesterday in the time between class ending yesterday and class starting now? where their head has been at and what has happened in their lives. And sometimes they just shut off their brains. Like they're just done, right? And they come back and it's like brand new information, a routine, for instance, you've been doing since day one and now it's April and they're like, wait, what am I supposed to do? And you're going, oh my gosh, how do you not know that? You will save yourself a lot of grief and expended energy if you just use constant reminders of those expectations. If the expectations are clearly stated up on your wall somewhere, right? Of when you get into class, we do this, we do this, we do this. And then your constant reminder to them is, please look where I am pointing and check off for yourself. Are you doing, you know, number one? Are you doing number two? Are you doing number three as they enter class? That saves you so much grief. It saves you the How do you not know this? We do this every day. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like we're all going to get kind of frustrated sometimes because kids are kids are kids and people are people are people. But if you find ways to help yourself by helping your students with constant reminders, it doesn't make you a bad teacher if they forgot. It doesn't make them bad kids. It doesn't make anything bad or any other sort of judgment. It just is. We need constant reminders. Again, that's why we have like road signs and things constant reminders of where we are in the world and within our community. And yeah, clear expectations, constant reminders. My last C, consistency. And consistency has a little caveat and follow through. So we've got clearly communicated expectations of behavior, of task, of this is we're going to fit when you finish this task before you move on to the next one, come and check it, you know, like whatever it is that you're expecting them to do. They are constantly being reminded of those clear expectations. If we are not consistent day to day with the whole entire class, that's generally not the consistency I'm talking about. I am generally talking about consistency from student to student. If we, (laughs) I take a deep breath because there's going to be a lot of explaining because I'm going to have people asking, well, not every kid is the same. That's the difference between equity and equality. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not everybody 
is going to have the same opportunity and the same access to, uh, let's say, even like a learning material or an activity that we are doing. The consistency lies within us of our expectations of our students. So if we're talking specifically about student behavior, which is what we are talking about today on this podcast, being consistent with my expectations of all of my students and not just the ones that I've had multiple times before, not just the, you know, like, like making sure that every single student from the ones who never speak wouldn't, wouldn't know their voice if I had, you know, <laughs> if I was going to get paid money to identify their voice, probably couldn't do it. To the kids who I have known since they were ninth graders, I know their parents, right? Like I've had their siblings. To the kids who really piss me off a few days a week, like it's a hobby of theirs. Every single one of those children gets the same expectations and they get the same follow through when they have maybe messed up or right or like violated those expectations. The consistency is what is going to prove to all of your students and the follow through on things like like what your expectations are. If one of those expectations is not met, then what's going to happen? Consistency of follow through for every kid and making sure that everybody is the same in that way is like the biggest key thing to managing student behavior. And I'm and for those of you again who are newer around here, I have classes in the 40s. It's rare that I have a class under 38, like truly. And they're big kids. They're my size or bigger. <laughs> they're, they're large children. And so behavior can get out of hand. Like it just can. And I, I run a lively class. There is rarely a day that it is just quiet in my classroom for more than 20 to 25 minutes. At most, we are generally discussing, we are generally moving around, we are generally popping questions around the room and commenting and doing things. And so I totally get how student behavior goes sideways. And that's a lot of like collaborative work and discussions and that sort of thing. That's a lot of what makes teachers shy away from those sorts of activities is the like, I don't know what a kid's going to say. I don't know who's going to pop off. I don't know how I'm going to rein it back in if it gets out of hand. And so I'm not saying that any of these three C's, clear expectations, constant reminders, and consistency are going to be like, this is the trick. Everything will be fixed from here on out. But like melding those in a regular practice so that students know exactly what to expect from me, right? Like they know who they are dealing with and what they are dealing with will send the message for them to know how to behave. Do we always have our outliers? Absolutely. Am I one of the teachers on our campus who generally gets some of our more flavorful behaviors? Absolutely. Those are the kiddos who are put into my class for various reasons. I don't know all the reasons, but I can tell you that I've seen a difference in my own energy output when I'm really paying attention to being clear, constant, and consistent quick little story for you before I let this one go. One of my very dear friends is, uh, I have many dear friends that are on my campus because I've been teaching there for so long and that's my community. But I was in her classroom the other day and two seniors who had just had class with me because I was on my prep period. It was like between classes, I was chit-chatting with her and they were asking her for something. They wanted to pass to go and get what it's a, it's an elective course. They're like leaders on campus, right? They wanted a pass to go and get one of their friends so they could work on something. And it was like a legit reason. They wanted to get the friend out of class so they could work on something for an assembly or something. <laughs> they both, both students who had just had my class, mind you, like we walked over together, 
avoided eye contact with me and were trying to explain to my friend, their next period teacher, the project that they needed to work on, why they needed to pull this other kid out of his math class, why, like all of these reasons, why it had to happen today, right now on a Friday when math classes are giving their assessments, like, and why it was totally going to be okay because they already talked to the teacher and da, 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 da. And <laughs> simply because the natures of our classes are totally different, I saw them kind of like shifting their eyes towards me a little bit because they knew exactly what my answer was going to be. And I saw her like catch on that they were taking a look at me and, and not co- like maintaining eye contact with her, even though she was like the teacher in charge because it's her room and her class and she would be the one writing a pass. And she goes, why do you keep looking at Mrs. Morris? And they go, because she's going to say no. And I said, well, but it's her class. This isn't my class right now. And they're like, yeah, but we already know that you're going to say no. And that means that she's going to say no. It's so like (laughs) the moral of the story is I've got to say, well, if you already knew the answer to the question, why are you even asking? They're like, well, we didn't think you were going to be here. And so we thought that maybe, and she said, no, 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 that stuff doesn't fly in my class either. Like we know, we just thought maybe if the two of you weren't together, they knew it wasn't going to happen. They knew what to expect from us. I mean, yeah, they were trying anyways. Right. So that's that, like, it doesn't make everything perfect, but they knew they didn't have a big hissy fit. They they weren't freaking out because they didn't get what they wanted. They just went, yeah, well, it was worth a try. (laughs) Kind of giggled and walked away. And that's, that is that relationships key also coming into play where we get to say no and students aren't like totally crestfallen where they're not just, you knocked over their ice cream cone and it's the last thing that they're ever going to like ice cream they're ever going to get. They understand they might try, they might still push the envelope, but then when we push back because that clear boundary is there, it's been constantly reminded and we've been consistent. It, it just, it is what it is, right? So. Like I keep saying, not 100% of the time, but it does make my job much more enjoyable because I get to enjoy those relationships with students if they're not constantly violating all of the boundaries within them. So friends, thank you so much for all of your comments that you've been leaving. We have been really enjoying the iTunes reviews. So if like episodes like this are really what floats your boat, where we get into like nitty gritty interactions with students and that sort of thing, let us know by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. That helps other people, other teachers and other educators join our community and become part of the Brave New Teaching community. It also helps us know what you like. And we will continue to be putting out questions and polls and that sort of thing, because I just never would have thought to start talking about student behavior and what I do about student behavior in my classroom. And if you want more specifics, specific stories, that sort of thing, let us know through Instagram and we will provide that for you. Thank you for listening to two weeks in a row of Marie rambling this time, I can assure you, Amanda and I will be back next week for at least part of an episode. We got a fun one in the uh, in our pocket, a fun little project we've been working on. So I think that one's going to be coming out to you next week. I absolutely adore you, our Brave New Teaching community. I miss my friend Amanda, but she will be back, like I said. And uh, until we meet again, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Brave New Teaching. We'd love to keep the conversation going over on Instagram. And while you're there, check out the links in our bio for the most up-to-date events going on in the Brave New Teaching community. Thanks for being here and have a great week at school.